0: Scrambles left, winds up rim 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 rim. Rim. He's got time at the end yes.
1: of the play. To the end zone. Touchdown and a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. God for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it.
0: Hey yo, what's going on Packer fans? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my two good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler aka T Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla, and you can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kirth. So, boys, today we are going to talk about the trip that we all took together to training camp um, and just talk about our reactions to that. I'm going to ask you guys about whether you feel Rodgers should start in preseason game three. And finally, we're going to get into some wide receiver talk because that is the most interesting position battle in training camp for the Packers. So um, just some housekeeping stuff here for you. Make sure you guys keep checking out the Fresh Take, um, thefreshtake.net to see um, more articles coming out there make sure you check out our website wiscosportstrilogy.com and you'll see more articles our podcasts are on both those as well so make sure you guys are checking that out and following all of us on Twitter and the podcast Twitter and the Fresh Take they got some good stuff on there too and just a good group of guys that we're working with over there so How are you two boys doing this evening?
1: I'm doing quite well. I thoroughly enjoyed our trip to Green Bay. Um, It was good to see some live football again. I got really excited. You know, the season's right around the corner, and then I realized I have to work on the Thursday of the home opener, so now I'm kind (laughs) of depressed again. So, (laughs) Well...
0: Tyler, I asked how you're doing, not your reactions to training camp. Can you listen, please? I I, I told you how I was doing. We have
2: a fucking rubric in front of your face (laughs) that says we're going to talk about that
1: later, dude. Wow. (laughs) Screw you guys. Well, Scott, how are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm good. I'm a little more
0: sober than I'd like to be, but aren't we all? I would agree with that. This damn being an adult and having to work for a living is bullshit. Yep,
2: Yeah, and so I moved up north, right? I didn't realize it would already be winter up here. (laughs) Sucks ass.
1: Do you also know it's acceptable to uh, drink on the job up north, too?
2: (laughs) Really? Even when I work in a school? Yeah, that's totally legal. That doesn't sound right.
0: (laughs) I might have to fact check that. All right, let's get to some of our reactions from training camp, but we did some other things while we were in Green Bay. Um, so we went to Sunday's practice, um, and Tyler Scott and I all got up to Green Bay on Saturday around like four ish in the afternoon. And, So we went to some breweries on Saturday night and just kind of hung out, played some cards, drank some beer, you know, the normal for us. Some more than others. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Tyler won one game of cards and lost, like, everything else. I think he got second another time, and we played probably 20 games. So he lost 18 times out of 20. Shit. And then we woke up, went to breakfast, we went back to our hotel room, showered up, and then we went to Lambeau, and we checked out the Hall of Fame. Um, And just a fun fact, that was renovated in 2015. And I've been to the Packers Hall of Fame before, but not since then. Um, So it was really cool to go and see the new version of it uh so i just want to get your guys your guys's reaction from that new hall of fame tour that we went on
1: yeah it was it was really cool if anyone has not been there the only advice i have is give yourself a lot more time than what you think you need like we could have spent a betcha over another extra hour hour and a half in there and we were there for that long as well Um, there's just so much stuff so much history and it's very well put together and you think you know a lot of Packers knowledge but going there I walked out knowing a lot more that I had never known before so it's definitely worth the what 12 to 15 dollars depending on if you fake a college id or not um, the price of admission (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, I, so I've been there every year. I take the tour, um, so but it still gets me. Like every year, I find something new that I didn't the year before. Um, if you are a Packers fan and you have not been to the Hall of Fame, you gotta check it out. It's spectacular. Like, I mean, the coolest part is they have the room for all the. Um, packers hall of fame players um and then they have a room for all the nfl hall of fame players and then they have a room for all the championship trophies which is the biggest championship trophy room in the entire nfl by the way so it's so cool you gotta you gotta check it out so much to do so interactive you can even check out how tall you are compared to some players, how your vertical is compared to some players or each other.
0: Go. Go look at it. Yeah, it it is extremely cool. Um, and as a Packer fan, it needs to be on your list. Um, and I would argue as an NFL fan, the Packers Hall of Fame should probably be on your list anyways because – Like the Green Bay Packers, when you think of the NFL, you think of the Green Bay Packers. um, And then you think of the Green Bay Packers, you think of the Bears. And between those two organizations, the history is just unreal. I have not been to the Bears Hall of Fame. I'm sure it's very cool. Um, And that's probably something I should do since I'm talking about this as like a hole that NFL fans need to go here. Cause it is really cool. And the Packers have a unique footprint on NFL history. So if you're an NFL fan, especially a Packer fan, you need to get to this hall of fame. It is gorgeous. Like Scott said, there's a lot of interaction. You can learn so much, um, about this team that you had no idea. Like I spent. 10 probably 10 minutes in this little corner that has actually it's pretty big for what it is um but I spent 10 minutes just looking at all the information they had from the 1919 season the first year that the Packers were a team and I felt like I could have probably doubled that time and still not looked at everything and really understood everything so it was really cool um And like Scott said, the best part was when you're walking and looking at the players. So you walk in to this, like, it's almost like a tunnel. It's wider, but that kind of what it reminded me of. And you walk back. The first room is just all of the Packers, Hall of Famers, uh, players, coaches, GMs, uh, personnel people. Like there's there was like equipment people and just a bunch of people that were with the organization and had impacts that were in there. They each had a football and then you move along, you get to the player section. I think Ron Wolf was in there too. Um, And they are, they have lockers there with a bunch of memorabilia from the players. Um, You could watch a video and listen to kind of a narration of that player's career I know I listened to a few. One of them was Jerry Kramer. That one I took a lot from. Um, They're just few-minute videos, but they're so awesome to watch. And then walking next to the Lombardi Trophies was just incredible. Um, And that wasn't even like half of what we saw. And like Tyler said, we could have been there for at least another hour. So give yourself a couple hours if you want to go there. Uh, Don't go... An hour before you want to go to training camp. It's not a good idea. (laughs) Hey, Trevor. Yes.
2: I got a quick trivia question for you two. So you mentioned when you think of NFL, you think of Packers and the Bears. So I read this in the Packers Hall of Fame. What is the other team in the NFL? There are only three teams that remain from the NFL's first original season. What's the third team?
1: Oh boy! Is it the Steelers. Chiefs?
2: No, not the Chiefs. Steelers. Nope.
1: I don't know. Then starts with a, starts oh, with uh, a C. Tyler was closer. Um, I mean, I don't think it's the Colts. <laughs> um, it I, is not the Colts. I thought it would have been a Kansas City team though, but I guess I'm wrong.
0: Huh. The it only is, other team I could think of is the Chargers, but it can't be the Chargers. No,
2: it is the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Oh, duh. Come on, Trevor, you idiot. Yeah,
2: yeah. Arizona Cardinals.
0: That caught me off guard. And they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were the Chicago Cardinals at one point. They were, and then they were the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Fun fact for everyone listening: You're You welcome. probably knew this. You're smarter than we are, outside of Scott, of course. All right. So another thing that we did outside of training camp was we went to the Titletown District, and we did this after we went to the practice itself. Um, but that that was kind of cool. That's the first time I saw it. I mean, I've been to games recently, but I never really looked at that, um, but they have a nice, it's actually a pretty big uh, playground for kids. They have the sledding hill in the winter, which it's hard to miss when you drive by Lambo. Um, but they also have a 40 yard dash timer with three lanes, so you can race your friends. Um, shout out to our two friends that met us up at training camp, Ben and Eric, um, Ben, you are a very slow runner, even though he is a runner, he ran a six, two and Eric, what was, what did he run? Five, seven. Yeah. So shout out to Eric, Ben get faster. Um, other things that were there, they had a full football field. So, you know, five guys in their mid ish twenties, We were being lazy at first, so we just started kicking uh, field goals, and Scott was a surprise. He's a very good field goal kicker. Anything from, what, like 38, 39 in, Scott was nailing dead center. Couldn't quite get the 40. Chicago, Chicago, I will try out for
2: you if you would like.
1: No, I'm on. I can only try out for Chicago. I doinked one off the pole. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, we could both
0: try out. They'd just probably pick you instead of me. If that happens, you have to share your profits, Tyler. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> um. Yeah, Scott was definitely the best. Outside of Scott, I had the best. Distance, but my accuracy was god awful. I didn't even hit the net any any of the times. It was wasn't even close. I had the distance, but accuracy is not my strong suit. Um, and then I think Ben and Eric both made one, but they were shorter, like what thirty yarders, I think. Um, but yeah, shout out to Scott, basically a professional field goal kicker. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I shocked myself. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have any other reactions to that area that I didn't? Hit uh, on? You said
2: it was great for kids, which means it was perfect for us because we're all kids at heart.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we played some two on two football there. Uh, that was fun. Got my ass whooped, but yep. that was fun. And I had the D3 college player on my team, and we still couldn't even win. <laughs> it's partially because. Ben didn't know how to throw with us, but with you guys, he was dropping 25-yard dimes and couldn't throw a five-yard pass to Eric or I. Ugh.
1: It's the uh, oh, vanilla gorilla the, X factor. Such a He's negative intimidated him.
2: <laughs> well, not to brag, but I scored all the touchdowns in that game too. So, <laughs> See, told you. I, I was the MVP of the day. Tyler was
0: a close second because he was on my team. (laughs) (laughs) No, Ben. Ben was the MVP because if he would have thrown the ball to us with the same accuracy, you guys would have lost. He threw two interceptions. How can he be the MVP? (laughs) Yeah, he threw like four passes to you guys, three completions and two touchdowns. And then he threw, threw two passes to us with two interceptions. He well, was the MVP have... for you guys. The, he won you guys the game. Well, yeah. I had two touchdowns and an
1: interception.
2: Off of Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Co-MVPs. Fine. Okay, I can deal with it.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Do you guys have any other reactions for that, Tyler? No, it was, it was just a cool community vibe, and I think they're building a tech center there soon. Um, and then there's expansions for other things too, but I didn't quite catch the billboards on what they're actually going to be, but more is coming to that area. Yeah, our friend Eric did say they plan to build that out
0: a long ways, so that'll look really nice when it's done. Everything looks nice there right now. Um, Hinterland Brewing Company is right there. If you're not into playing football, like us idiots, you know, go have a beer. Let your kids play and have a beer. It's great. Um, And very Wisconsin, by the way. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's get to some actual football. I mean, we've been talking for like 17 minutes and we haven't talked about football. So let's get to it. Let's get your biggest takeaway or anything... From the practice that we were
1: able to get up and watch in Green Bay. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest takeaways I had from practice. Um, first off, it was really cool to you know see the players. As stupid as that sounds, like I didn't you know on TV I can tell you know like Lazard is an animal, the wide receiver. But seeing him in person, I was like, dang. And then I started looking at the other receivers, and I was like, whoa. Kumaro is kind of a bigger guy and wow Darius Shepard is tiny (laughs) um so it's just kind of cool to see those differences up close and in person um we we were on the side where we saw a lot of special team stuff going on so we we saw a lot of Trevor Davis um we joked we're like oh this is going to be his last training camp and apparently it's not yet but (laughs) it's cool to see him you know like as he's holding a ball in a hand, catching, you know, kicks, and then he has to toss it up, catch it, and then catch the one that he tossed. Um, So the different things that they do, they provide some entertainment. Um, And then definitely on the entertaining side of things was Tony Brown, the corner. Um, He was all over the place. I was yelling and screaming and, you know, chasing wide receivers down. Um, Definitely a little spark plug he is. Um, In terms of actual gameplay, I think it was kind of eye-opening to see how far ahead the defense was. I mean, granted, Aaron Rodgers didn't practice when we went, um, but there was a lot of times where the running backs, Dexter uh, Williams and Trey Carson, like they barely got out of the backfield. Or like Kaiser would have been sacked on a bunch of plays. Obviously, they can't hit the quarterback in training camp, but I think that was a big takeaway as well. Um, and then, granted, from the offensive side, I was actually kind of impressed with some of the things Kaiser did he made some pretty good throws um, there was one he I'm trying to remember which wide receiver he hit but he threw the ball way before he even broke towards the sidelines and I think the wide receiver dropped it um, which we did see quite a few drops uh, during this practice too and the surprising one was from MVS um, he kind of had a rough practice in that regard. Um, he did beat the defense down the field one time on a streak route, running all the way down, but uh, that drops, I think, will be kind of interesting to see as the preseason and regular season start to develop and unfold here. Um, but that's that's all I really took away. It was, it was a very cool experience. I haven't been there since I was like eight years old, maybe, with my grandpa, so it was fun. I enjoyed it, and I think we should do it again. <laughs>
2: Jeez, you do not follow the rules. <laughs> it's the biggest takeaway, not the 30 biggest things you saw.
1: Whoops, I got excited. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, so I think my big takeaway was probably defense as well. It's kind of hard to assess the defense in these drills, seeing as they can't really hit. So when they... Kind of get in position to bottle the guy up. They kind of just stop, and then the offensive player just keeps running until they don't feel like running any further. Like Devante would just run and run to the end zone every time. Um, but I think my big thing was just our linebackers. Um, going back to what Tyler said about seeing these people in person, our new linebackers are fucking huge. You got the Smiths. And you got Rashawn Gary, they're ginormous human beings and yes, um, Rashawn Gary has not produced many stats and he has not, um, some people are saying he's off to a slow start this preseason. The dude wrecks shit up like every play. He, I know there were some plays where Trevor was like, did you see that Gary just blew through like three guys? he's going to be a difference maker. He's not going to have all the stats to back it up, but he's going to make plays change. Um, I think that's the biggest takeaway that I got from training camp. Same goes for the Smiths. They're in the right
0: spot 90% of the time too. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Going on your Rashawn Gary point, you're right. I Did see at least two or three times, and there might have been more, um, that Rashawn Gary was getting doubled and triple teamed. So, yes, it's practice. Yes, they've been doing the same stuff over and over again. But the fact that they are putting that much on him with Zedarius out there, with Preston out there, like... That just tells you how disruptive he can be. He hasn't. I think people are right to say his preseason has been slow. His camp has not been. Like, his practices have been good. He just hasn't produced stats. But he is still playing well, in my opinion. Um, Even in the Ravens game, I think he did get lost a few times. But I still think, overall, he's been... Most of the time, he's in the right spot. He's just not getting the tackles or the sacks as of right now. But I think in time, that'll come. And yes, he was our 12th pick. Yes, you want your first-round pick, your top overall pick, to make plays and make an impact immediately. But he's a rookie. Most of the time, rookies are not that good, and they need time to develop, so give the poor guy some time, um, every, like Darnell Savage has been really good, and by all accounts, he continues to be really good, and he was making some plays at the practice that we were at, he's made plays in that second preseason game on that first series or two, um, he continues to be really good, and I think, He has an opportunity to run for defensive rookie of the year um, if he stays healthy. But Rashawn Gary, just give the kid some time. He has all the upside in the world, and I know that's all we've been talking about pretty much with him, but he has been having a solid camp, even though his preseason games haven't really showed that. Um, But going along with what Tyler said, I love Tony Brown. He is awesome. (laughs) He continually makes plays, um, both in practice, in games. In that Baltimore game, he had the pick. Well, not the pick. He deflected the pass, and Curtis Bolton had the pick. In that Baltimore game, um, he continues to get pass breakups. In in practice, when we were there, I am... 99% 99% sure he had a pick. There was another player that had an interception as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was Tremont Williams kind of broke up a pass and oh, yep. ended up with the pick. Yep. Um. And he, we were – the defense for the most part for a lot of the practice was standing like right in front of us when they weren't on the field, when they were on the sidelines. And although they were standing right in front of us, Tony Brown was like the only guy you could hear, constantly chattering. Like Tyler said, he was the only defensive guy running 20, 30, 40 yards downfield to try to knock the ball out from the offensive player. He is just very hyper-competitive and talks a lot, has a lot of swagger. um, And I am super excited to see what he can do. Um, especially with the uncertainty behind Kevin King, he is stepping up big. Kadar Holman hasn't practiced this week. Um, but I think that's due to an illness. So he should be coming back. You know, Jair is Jair and he had a lot of those similar type plays to Tony Brown. They are very similar players. Um, talent level is a little different, but. I love watching those two compete, and they seem to get along very well. Um, Josh Jackson was back. Didn't see much of him on the field. But overall, my biggest one takeaway is the defense. Like you guys were saying, they were miles ahead of the offense. Um, And maybe the offense was further behind when we were there because Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle were – Quarterbacking for most of it. Um, But like Tyler said, the defense was in the backfield all the time. I think there was probably a string of five plays where I saw two sacks before Kaiser got rid of the ball. And that was five plays in a row. There was at least two players in the backfield that could have gotten the sack, would have gotten the sack in a game. And They just let up because they can't hit the quarterback. And then Kaiser steps up, makes a throw. But it was crazy. Two or three guys were always at the quarterback. And they were trying out some different offensive line combinations. Bakhtiari didn't play that day. Um, So they had Alex Light. And, you know, Zadarius made some light work of him at times. And um, Preston had some good rush moves and plays. And like Scott said, Rashawn Gary had some good plays. Um, But overall, I think the defense played extremely well and really frustrated that offense. Um, One more thing that we didn't mention about that practice was Matt LaFleur briefly kicked out Dexter Williams. Um, We originally thought being there because we couldn't really see anything because they were a little bit down the field from where we were, we could hear Matt LaFleur screaming, <laughs> um, but it sounds like it was because Dexter not only dropped the pass, but he ran the wrong route, and that was a scripted play. They knew they were going to run that in the first team period. Um, they talked about it before practice started. They knew they were going to run it, and Dexter Williams did not do the correct thing that he was supposed to. Um, So he got kicked out just for that drill that they were doing. Um, He did come back later and play some more snaps, but I like Lafleur getting on players. Um, It really makes them accountable, Um, and I'm really starting to worry about Dexter Williams. Do you guys have anything else about the the practice that we saw?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Lafleur yelling, like, (laughs) because. That was kind of scary there for a second when he was yelling at Dexter and I believe he yelled a few more times I can't remember at the exact players but you know it's it shows that he has the ability to take charge when he needs to and he's not going to, you know, stand he's not going to put up with, you know, people messing up, you know. It kind of seemed like the, you know, the negs against McCarthy was that he was everything just got complacent and is like, "Eh, whatever." obviously probably not to that extreme how i just exaggerated it but he's the accountability like you mentioned is gonna it's gonna be huge and i'm glad we actually got to see it live in person
2: yeah you could see dexter was really beat up after it happened but um shout out to his fellow running back teammates he saw them all go up to him after and console him and he got back out there and didn't seem to have, I mean, he didn't play very well, but
0: he didn't get bitched out again. <laughs> yeah. I think he had a decent practice after that, but it was kind of, it seemed a lot worse because of that incident. But I think after that, he had a solid practice, not didn't a good he one. did fumble
2: and drop a couple passes?
0: Um. He might have dropped one other pass, but I don't remember him fumbling after that. Yeah, there was one pass right in front of us that he dropped, but those are the only two that I can remember. Um, so, again, not good, but I don't think it was terrible after that. Um, So hopefully he picks it up. I have a bet with Tyler riding on it, but that's not looking very promising right now. So unless you guys have anything else, let's move along to Aaron Rodgers. Um, So there's been a lot of talk, and Matt LaFleur came out today, I believe, um, the 20th, which is this Tuesday, day before this podcast will come out, saying... Aaron Rodgers is a game time decision. So, my question to you guys do you think Aaron Rodgers should start preseason game number three?
1: I mean, I think he's. Sh- it's kind of a loaded question. If he's healthy, I think he should. I mean, I'm not on board with this notion that Rodgers doesn't need to play at all in the preseason. I, uh, you know, in especially given it's a new offense. I know Aaron Rodgers came out with comments saying like, oh, you know, well, like during two-minute drill, you know, I'll be relaying some of the formations and matchups and make sure everybody's lined up, you know, properly. So he's getting all those mental reps in. Um, but I'm just not quite fully on board with that. If he's healthy, you know, the third preseason the game is the big one for the starters, and you need to develop that chemistry of you know actually being in a game and receiving play calls from your coach and taking physical reps. I mean, I, the last thing I want is for the Packers to come out week one against the Bears and look sluggish because this is the that would be Rogers' first time actually in a game with a floor. Um, is is that the last thing you want? Well, because
2: the flip side of the coin might be the last thing I want.
1: Well, yes, but if he is injured, then no he shouldn't play obviously you can't take that risk with the quarterback i originally thought his back injury was kind of you know some little dumb reason to scratch him the last preseason game they just wanted to wait till this week but apparently not cuz he missed practice and whatnot so I, obviously it, we have to take in consideration his health and it it sounds like he isn't healthy so then I guess no, he shouldn't play. But if he was healthy, then yes, he should absolutely play. It's <laughs> kind of my way of going about that. Yeah,
2: I get that. I, I obviously would love to see him out there to play. Um, i I don't think that it needs to be this game. I mean, we still have one more preseason game. If he's, he's not, not at a hundred week
0: four, what? Starters don't play week four. Sorry.
2: Whatever. Well, we still have (laughs) another week before we have to get ready for the Bears. Now, I even if he plays, he's going to have, what, one set of downs with the starters? I don't see him playing a whole quarter after being hurt the first part of the week. So, I... I don't think it's a huge deal. Um I would rather play it safe um than send him out there and either reaggravate it and he's a questionable decision in two weeks or whatever I I don't know. Just seeing him be hurt so much over the last couple of years I'd much rather take it easy when the games don't matter.
0: Yeah. Um, like Scott said, I think a max you're going to see Aaron Rodgers play is eight to 12 snaps. So does that risk of the Raiders can go out and tackle him. They can go out and hit him. It's a game. Does the risk of having him out there 8 to 12 weight plays um does it outweigh the possible benefit how much benefit are we going to get from um, 8 plays of Aaron Rodgers 12 plays of Aaron Rodgers I don't think that's going to make the aug- offense sluggish if he doesn't have those 8 snaps and I don't think it's going to make the offense just come out on fire week 1 um, if he does right. take those keep, eight snaps, keep like in I, mind,
2: I, go ahead, keep in mind, they did have the joint practices with the Texans. So it's not like he has no
0: reps against other defenders Mm-hmm. and a different defense. Granted, it was probably a very toned down in terms of scheme, but, um, from all accounts, those practices were very intense. The Texans brought that, um, to those practices. So you kind of see that and you get that competitiveness from that, but knowing that it's a practice and they're not, they can't hit Aaron Rodgers. So I think you kind of nailed it there, Scott. I just, I don't think the potential reward can, is going to outweigh the risk here because it could be one snap and he's hit and hurt and can't play for three weeks or something like that happening. And I just don't see how much of a benefit it could be if the um, Packers play him for one, maybe two drives. Like I don't see how much that's going to help, um, That's something at this point that I am just they got to figure it out in practice Um, they get closed practice now so maybe a little bit more focus and hopefully they can they can figure out the timing and everything but for me as much as I want to see 12 on the football field I can wait two more weeks before that happens
1: now you can correct me if I'm wrong Trevor but Don't the starters normally in preseason game number three play closer to a half of football? Like typically.
0: So yeah, like typically they do that's quote unquote dress rehearsal. Um, so it depends on the team and Aaron Rodgers, the past few years, hardly played at all, but typically the starters, I think they play about a half. Some teams they play a little bit longer. Um, That's typically the game that teams try to get everything down. Um, And then week four is just basically another week one. It's all the players that are on the end of the roster or not going to be on the roster playing
1: um, just to get extra time from them. But Gotcha. I mean, backing up to what Scott said about Rodgers, you know, taking the snaps against the joint practices with the Texans and whatnot it's it's not that it's my my biggest you know like I want Rodgers to throw against people who aren't Packers or get reps that way it's more of like I want to see the chemistry with Rodgers on the floor and getting up to the line in time and Rodgers you know being able to go through all those reads in an ample amount of time so we don't have to you know take a timeout like we did so many times with McCarthy and Getting Whoa. that game flow together, things you can't simulate necessarily in a practice when you factor in the crowd and everything else. Um, so I guess that's Whoa. that's what I wanted to see, but, yeah, 8 to 12 snaps wouldn't wouldn't be worth it. Um, so to counter
0: that, if you watched the first two games, you saw Deshaun Kaiser, who can't read anything nearly as fast as Aaron Rodgers. You saw Tim Boyle. Um, and a little bit of Manny Wilkins, um, they were all, for the most part, they were snapping the ball between 6 and 10 seconds left on the clock. So you can't tell me Aaron Rodgers can't go out there and read and get the snap off by that point either. There was a few times where it got down pretty low, but for the most part, when I was watching the play clock, I noticed snaps at 8 seconds, at 12, at six at five at seven um so that was nice to see and I don't think with Aaron Rodgers out there that's gonna change all that much. So we did have one other segment left and that was wide receiver talk. Um and I'm gonna start with Equinemia St. Brown. I've been hearing a lot of things, seeing a lot of things on Twitter Um, listening to some other podcasts that say EQ's on the bubble or EQ's not going to make the roster. And I just find that absurd, first off. Um, And I didn't have this originally, but I just saw it on Twitter. It was a quote from Aaron Rodgers on EQ's camp. Quote, he's on the squad. He's been that good. So, I mean, do you guys have any arguments for this or did Aaron Rodgers just sum it up pretty well for you?
1: (laughs) I mean, I think the only reason that EQ gets brought up being on a bubble, I mean, I'm obviously not there every day. I haven't really, I haven't noticed EQ stick out to me a whole lot throughout this whole training camp and preseason. But I have noticed the other guys like Darius Shepard and Lazard, like, those are the guys who catch your eye and it's like, oh, you know, they're fighting for that roster spot. And it's like, well, if they want to keep both of them, now you're looking at, you know, seven wide receivers on the 53 man roster. So I think I don't think it's the talent of EQ that puts him on the bubble because he's a pretty solid, dude, despite being six round pick. But it's the other guys stepping up so far um, that I think maybe that's why other people are talking about the possibility of eq being on that bubble especially since how we saw him last year and you know he was ef- effective at times but ultimately you know for his rookie season it was probably about what you would expect
2: i don't know man aaron Rodgers also said it's definitely one of the deeper groups we've had there's a lot of guys with legitimate shots to make the team so in no particular order we've got eq we've got Devante. we've got geronimo we've got kumaro we've got mvs trevor davis darius Shepard. alan lazard jamon moore theo redding malik taylor that's a lot of guys that could potentially make the team granted Theo Redding and Malik Taylor probably don't have a shot but we got to get that down from what is that nine guys that's a lot of people I, I do think EQ's got the advantage being as we did draft him and he was on the team last year and he did get some good playing time last year I'm over Trevor Davis. Everyone knows that. But it comes down to who who they feel comfortable with, man. It's tough. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers giving him that endorsement is big, but it's going to be a very highly debated position until they make the final cuts. And even after that, I'm sure... Everyone, a lot of people are going to be pissed off because the guy they wanted didn't make the cut.
0: Yeah. So, for me, wide receiver is a position that someone is going to be on the practice squad. Um, so, eligibility wise, Jamon Moore is eligible. I. Asked some people on Twitter. Ross Oglem told me that he is practice squad eligible. Um, Also practice squad eligible, Alan Lazard, I believe. Um, Darius Shepard is as well. Granted, I and a lot of people tell me that, or just in general, people say that if you're watching a team very closely, you're going to think, oh, this player isn't going to make it on the practice squad. More often than not, these players do make it on the practice squad. Um, The only one I'm hesitant about is Darius Shepard. I think if we want to keep him, he's got to be on the 53. But I do think Alan Lazard, we could definitely get him on the practice squad. Jamon Moore, easily get him on the practice squad. Um, But for me, with the EQ talk... I just really don't understand it because Tyler talked about his potential. He has all the potential in the world. Um, Like, I don't think he could be Devontae Adams. And right now, Devontae Adams is a top three, four, five receiver in the league. Um, I don't think he can be that, but I do think he could be a Jordy Nelson type player, top 15, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 receiver in the league. Somewhere in there, I could see it if he reaches his full potential. Um, And one thing that I want to talk about, I know it's a very limited sample size. He played 12 games last year. He only had 21 catches. But per reception, he was averaging 15.6 yards. Devontae was averaging 12.5. Again, EQ sample size is tiny, um, and they probably can't keep that up. But he he was averaging more yards per reception last year than Devontae was. So he was a threat. And yes, he was a rookie, and rookies are bad. (laughs) Like, they're not consistent. Jair Alexander, who everyone loved and thought he was a great rookie for us, was not consistent. He had bad games. He had bad plays. Um so to me, I just don't understand it because EQ has proven that he can do something on an NFL field. And even in his rookie year, he was averaging over fifteen yards a reception. So and Aaron Rodgers just told us that he has been that good. Those were his words. He's been that good that he deserves on the To be on the 53. Um, And just because a player doesn't have production in two preseason games with backup quarterbacks, that means nothing to me. Like Rashawn Gary hasn't had a tackle through the first two games. You want to cut him too? We just spent a 12 round pick on him. Probably not. Why would you want to cut EQ? He, for my money, he's the way Jay Kumaro has been playing has really changed my mind. But going into this offseason, he was easily number wide receiver wide receiver 4 for me. Right now, I feel like he's at worst wide receiver 5 um, and could easily push up to wide receiver 3 over Kumaro and Allison. Um, and one thing that I didn't mention yet, everyone talks about EQ not having the camp in the production but MVS hasn't had any production in a preseason game yet we're all still talking about him as wide receiver too so i just don't understand it there's way too much potential and he is a good player he's an nfl caliber wide receiver and you just don't let this go those guys walk it just doesn't make any sense to me
1: i want to Do you guys have real. any what what do you got, Scott? Uh, let's be
2: real. He's making the team. Like, if there are people saying he isn't, they, I don't know. that I don't think they're following close enough. I think it's a battle for the last spot. I think the top five, or not the last spot, the top five guys are locks with EQ being a top five guy.
1: So, okay, you kind of made me segue into this next one, um, kind of taking the heat off EQ here for a second and moving on to Jamon Moore. Obviously, we all know how disappointing he's been with drops, and uh, Trevor was talking a lot about potential, and we were talking about this at training camp and how, you know, Jamon Moore has really good route running abilities, uh, he's got really quick feet, and You know, there's a reason he gets thrown the ball a lot because he's always getting open. You know, granted, his hands are an issue. Um, And he was a fourth round pick for the Packers. So, potential wise, wouldn't you say he has a higher potential than EQ? So, do you think we should not even be talking about cutting Jaymon more than either?
0: That's not the Mm. same argument. Mm. Because, no. I don't
2: know. But his potential.
1: Apples
0: and oranges. Apples and oranges. You guys were pretty
2: high on Jaymon. A long time.
0: I have been extremely high on Jamon, and if he fixed the fixes his drop issue, I will go to the grave saying he needs to be on this team, but he hasn't proven he can do that. So the reason I say apples and oranges is because yes, Jamon's Moore's potential is unreal. And I think I told you guys this in Green Bay this weekend that if he could catch the ball at a good rate. I think he could be a Devontae Adams type. Maybe not quite as good, but damn fucking good. Top receiver in the league for sure. And I do think, because like Tyler said, he is always getting the ball thrown to him, even though his quarterbacks don't trust him. That's because he can run routes. He's constantly open. That's half the battle as a receiver. He just doesn't have the other half left. And to be on an NFL roster, especially one with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, you have to catch the ball. So EQ can do all of those things, plus has potential to get better, and he can catch the football. If Jamon Moore could catch the football, I would go to the grave saying the receivers that are on this team are... Devontae, MVS, Allison, um, probably Kumaro, EQ, Jamon Moore. Easy. And it would hurt me to keep Darius off, but those are the best six if Jamon Moore can catch. He can't catch. Put him on the practice squad for a year. He's going to make it because no team wants a, guy, a wide receiver that can't catch. So put him on a practice squad One for that a has year. Potential. Put him on the practice squad for a year let him learn how to catch, and hopefully he figures it out. Because if he figures out how to catch, he has all the potential in the world. And I'm willing to try to sneak him on the practice squad because I think he can make it. And I don't think teams are going to pick him up just because he can't catch the football. So hopefully you get him on the practice squad. Best case scenario, in a year, he has his fifty percent drop rate or whatever it's at this year, um, decrease to, you know, a Geromino ugh, a GMO who is at like ten percent drop rate. If that's what happens, like he is massively important and could be a huge contributor. So I get what you're saying, Tyler, with pot- potential because I do think Jmon has more potential. But to have that argument, he also has to have not only potential, but the ability to contribute now. And that's what EQ has. He has both of those. He has potential to grow as a big slot, even as an outside receiver, if he grows into that. Um, But he can play now and that's just something Jamon Moore can't do, and that's why he's not going to make the team unless he shows out in the next two weeks. But that's a long shot at this point. Um, I I think
2: that's what makes this choice so difficult because all the five guys that are on the bubble, and I'm going to throw EQ on there just because that's what we've been arguing. You got EQ, Trevor Davis, Darius Shepard, Alan Lazard, and Jamon Moore. All those guys are on the bubble Because of their potential, all of them are. Trevor Davis, we've held on to him for so long, not because he produces, but because he's got high upside, high potential. Darius Shepard, we want him because he's got he's young and he's got a lot of potential. Lazard is ginormous, and he's shown that he's got a lot of potential. So that's what makes it so hard, because we got to get rid of what at least two of those guys. At least two of those guys, and that's that's us cutting guys with potential who could go to another team if they get picked up, and then they could become good starters in the future for another team.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And at the end of the day, like you said, someone's going to get cut, and it's probably someone who I wanted to keep because I know I keep going back and forth every day on who I want. <laughs> um, so. I don't know. I, th- I don't think we can really make any decisions till all four games are over because they're all important for these bubble guys. <laughs> yeah. And
0: in these next two games, all of those players we're talking about EQ, um, Darius Shepherd, Lazard, Jamon Moore, Trevor Davis, all of those players, they're going to get lots and lots of playing time, especially in that fourth game, because They're in a battle, and we talked about this going into the uh, preseason, that this was going to be a fun one. This was going to be the best battle of camp, and it's gotten better because Alan Lazard kind of came out of nowhere. Darius Shepard came out of nowhere, and they're making it extremely interesting and extremely hard to cut them. Um, So it's going to be really interesting, and at this point, your best bet is to – you're going to have to cut players, like you guys have said. And at this point, you got to hope one of the two or three or however many players you cut, at least one of them passes through and you're able to um, keep them on the practice squad. And like I said, right now for me, if I had to pick a roster – the obvious ones, Devante, MVS, Gmo, and then Kumaro, EQ are on the roster. I think they're going to keep six. So right now my sixth is Darius Shepard because of the return ability and his potential. Um, I do think you can get Alan Lazard and Jamon Moore on the practice squad. And then for, for me, you have the best of both worlds. You have all of the guys with all of the potential on the roster and on your practice squad and you get rid of trevor davis so that would be what i would like to do but that could easily not happen and both those players could get picked up and we're not talking about that anymore and that's why i'm happy i'm not brian gutekunst because he has to figure that out so do you guys have anything else
1: I just want to say,
2: go ahead, Tyler. I'll save it.
1: Oh, I didn't have anything, so go ahead.
2: <laughs> I just want to say the proudest accomplishment for me on this podcast is being able to get you guys on the Kumaro bandwagon. I, I'm so proud.
0: I'm
1: Yeah, it's going to cost on. me a beer bong with a tall boy, too. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs>
0: I'm on the Kumaro bandwagon (laughs) to a point. Shut up! You're on the. You said he's a lot. I'm on Kumaro's going to make the 53, but I'm also, like, my thought process is this is, this is it for Kumaro. I don't see that much more potential out of him.
1: I never said he's he's going to lead the league in yards. Wide
0: receiver four at best. (laughs)
2: I never said he's going to dominate the league. He's I just wanted him to make the team.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, if that's being on the bandwagon, I guess I am on the bandwagon. Fuck
2: yeah, you are. And let's be real. He's as even though I've seen a lot of people say he's a lock, even he's not a lock to make the team.
0: Wow. I was not expecting that coming out of your mouth. That
2: is the worst thing I've ever said about Kumaro. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, he is for being a guy that hasn't been on an NFL roster for a full year. He is old at this point. He's already 27 and hasn't granted last year was mainly because of the injury, but he hasn't been on a NFL roster for an entire season. So that's crazy. Like all the players we just talked about, Jay Kumaro is the oldest. I think Jay Kumaro is older than Devante Adams, so that is nuts. Um, yeah, Devante's twenty six and Kumaro's twenty seven. So that veteran yeah. leadership. <laughs> Can he be a veteran if he hasn't been on NFL rosters? Yep. <laughs> All right, I think, I think we need to be done for the day. We've been talking for an hour, and now we're talking about Jake Kumoro as a veteran leader of this team. <laughs> so that's gonna be it for us this week. Again, make sure you guys are checking out the FreshTake.net and WiscoSportsTrilogy.com. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Trilogy_Pod or at our personal Twitters. Um, I know I have been a little bit more active recently since we're in the middle of training camp and regular season's almost here. I'm going to tweet out as much Packers content as I can, whether that's my own or retweeting some really smart people on Twitter so you guys are getting the most information you can. So make sure you're following us there, um, and then you'll get all of our content there as well for our podcast. So we will talk to you guys next week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack. Go Kumra Go.